We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Crypto Gaming Institute podcast. My name is Ben, your host, and today we have Mister at TSG underscore underscore seven, my dude, influencer manager at Alluvium, and an independent content creator, sir. Welcome to the pod. What's up, man? What's good? I, I appreciate you having me on. I'm I'm really excited to to be here and have this chat with you and see where this this conversation goes. I told you off camera. I kind of just woke up, so. Um, bear with me. I'll try and keep as much energy as I can. Perfect. So getting ready for the soul crushing, piercing questions, right? For, uh, for wake up, just got that written down. <laughs> we'll load yeah. it up. Okay. So we're going to dive in, but first it's time to level up. Welcome back. I hope you're extremely hyped and ready to freaking rock and roll. My dude, I am so yeah. excited that you're here. I know that you're all over the place in the media. You can't really look without seeing you pop up in different places that you never expect in the best ways, of course. I'm so curious to learn, so excited to hear your story. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, man, we're going to go full screen. Uh, how far back <laughs> do you want to go, man? Um, yeah, actually, I'll ask you, how far back do you want to go? Like, like how I got into crypto? Like, is that, do you want me to start there? I start my story by telling people, mostly by telling people that I've been a gamer since I was six. That's where I start. So wherever, yeah, wherever right, cool. you so let's, feel like. All right, let, I'm, all right. All right, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll throw all the way back then. So yeah, I started gaming when I was like, oh man, I think about, yeah, six or seven. I think that was it. Um, I think we started, me and my brother, we started with uh, with a Nintendo 64. So in my life, it's just me, my brother, and I've got my, my parents, obviously. But um, yeah, so we started with Nintendo 64. And I remember the first game we ever got was a Hot Wheels racing game. Um, and it was just like, that was all we played. We had Hot Wheels, uh, Star Wars uh, Pod Racer. Pod racing, that was crazy. Pokemon Stadium, like so we were we were Nintendo heavy growing up. Um Smash Brothers, of course. Of course. I feel like there was one game that we traded. I don't know what it was, man, but we traded a really good game back in the day for Goldeneye. Or I think like it was I don't know, like I think I, like Goldeneye was a great game, don't get me wrong, but I feel like we got gypped. We traded out a good game for Goldeneye. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I like looking back now, I was like, yo, Goldeneye was good, but was it that good? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um but no, man. So I grew up uh, gaming the whole time. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up gaming. I eventually got to to a stage where I'm, you know, Donkey Kong was my first love. Yo, Jesus. <laughs> so muscular <laughs> men. Muscular men. Um, <laughs> so no, uh, apart from that, man, yeah, like as I got older, I, I live in China now. So I moved around a bit. I, I got into sales after, like as I got older. Like I worked at some crazy companies like Apple. Like I've worked at Apple before for a couple of years. Um, I've worked in like just various sales jobs, um, and that kind of and it, that led me into being a travel agent. Actually, I'm actually going to tell you like the personal stuff. Like that yeah. got me into being a travel agent. 
And uh, that really changed my life because I was 21. I remember like it was yesterday and I was grinding it out. I was like, I was the first in my friend group to like have a full-time job. And at this point I was a proficient like salesperson. I don't know, like people have a negative conversation. Honestly, I think it's just a good way to like communicate. You're either selling ideas, like even talking to your wife, yo, babe, I think we should go out to, to this restaurant. Like how do you position that, right? It's, it's a form of selling, whether you know it or not. Um, but anyway, so I was a travel agent and that changed my life completely because that in that one year when I was 21, I got paid to to fly to, to Indonesia, uh, like various countries in like Kenya, South Africa, Tanzania, uh, Germany, Czech Republic, Netherlands. So I got paid to wow. travel all of those countries in one year. And at 21, I was like, yo, what am I doing working full time? Like this doesn't makes sense like traveling like this is like how many people my age can say they're trapped like they get paid to travel and second how many people just travel in general like i know like we make a, a joke about it in australia but and, and i think it's a global thing but i know in, in america it's not actually common for you guys to get a passport till like you're 18 or some shit like and like traveling out of the country just isn't a thing for you guys in america which is a shame in my opinion but I, yeah i was just like yo this is blessed that i can do this um and i was born in singapore so i've gone to singapore malaysia thailand like traveling was a part of my life growing up so anyway me doing all of that uh essentially in that group of like people that travel around a lot my job was to try and find out different ways to travel best ways to travel like for backpackers especially my my um my not target audience my customer base was was mainly students um and like younger people like traveling out for the first time and things like that so we learned a lot of like budget ways to travel and one of the things was yo travel about and then once you need some cash go teach english in china like that was like that was a, a, a trap that was a strat yeah and people were like yo travel about and then once you're done settle down in china for a couple of years make some cash and then bounce uh so that's kind of what i did i traveled to like singapore for like three months i went to nepal i was in the mountains like everest and shit for three months um, and I and I ran out of cash and I was like, all right, cool. That's me going to China now. So I went to China, um, started working here as a teacher. And I've been here for like the couple of years that I was meant to be here didn't really last. I, I've now been here eight years. <laughs> Honestly, wow. uh, yeah, living in China was sick, man. Um, like it's not at all what the West portrays it to be. Like it's like I've, I had this conversation with uh, with a friend last night, actually. And I was like, yo. Because he was saying something about you know, why uh, he believes, and I mean, if you want, I don't know how political you want to go, but like he was saying that um, America is the best because it has freedoms. Like I was like, oh, but we're, we're free to do whatever we want. And then I was like, yo, honestly, we have that in Australia. We have that in England. Like we have that in all of these countries. <laughs> like no country is stopping you from doing shit. Um, but, and everyone's like, oh, what about China? Truth be told, man, like it's not like what we're told about China is just not, not accurate like yeah there were restrictions yes i need a vpn to be on this right now but i'm not being jailed for this like like there's not again you can have these conversations as long as you're not completely disrupting like society and truth be told even in the west how many people are actually revolutionaries and disrupting it's not it's a small number so yeah living in china was sick um and yeah i've been here eight years man and yeah like and then i got into crypto when um and investing when when covid hit um, so yeah, that's kind of like a, a story. Um, I don't know how much deeper you want me to go, but I, I can keep rambling about this. <laughs> well, I love it. I feel like this is where so many golden nuggets come from. So let's absolutely 
get back to it in a second. But on the China thing for a second, when I picture it, I picture some really advanced technology where there is interconnectedness between your day-to-day things in a way that just makes sense, like super fast uh, transportation. You can walk into stores and it all, uh, you can check out easily with like chat or whatever the, whatever the application is. And then it's just way more, um, like it just makes more sense to do it this, this kind of way. I would imagine that something like that happens as a function of being able to cut through bureaucracy and just wave a lot some of the bullshit aside and being like all right we're just going to get this done and then it's going to be done obviously there are differences and stuff but that's kind of how i'm picturing it is that more of the reality like a thriving technology hub and things are getting better and better yeah absolutely and i found this hilarious like the lot what the last time i went back to australia to visit my family um i don't know like i've been gone so i've been living in china for like five years and i i don't go i don't talk to my like just like my extended family back home, aunties and uncles and shit. Like I just don't talk to them. Um, but the, when I did go back, my mom was like, yo, we need to go see like your auntie. And I was like, all right, whatever, let's go. And when I went, so I'd been gone for five years and they were like, they were like, oh, do you have internet in uh, in China? <laughs> and they were under the impression that we didn't have internet. And I had to break it to them be like, yo, look at the, look at your phone in your house, in your house right now. It says 4G. You are living in a place where you're still using 4G. We've been using 5G for like a long ass time now. Anywhere we go, <laughs> you guys are more like technologically backwards than the, how I'm living. Like you guys are, are twisted. Like I'm living in a in a in an apartment right now, and legit, I've got a window right out there. Is like a mall with like Louis Vuitton and all. Like it's a luxury mall right next mm-hmm. to me. Like up, like I'm, I can look out right now. So we're living comfortably out here. Um, it, yeah, internet speeds crazy. Every like. Do you carry a wallet? Uh, I wish I didn't, but I still have to. Dude, I don't even know what that feels like anymore. Like, I have no idea what that feels like anymore. Everything it's is on It's such a bed. waste of space. Everything should be on the phone. It should be on the phone. It's, it should be on the watch. Yeah. It should be like, okay, this, this gets a little, you know, there are a lot of implications of this, but like, like Take fingerprint. It there, yeah, like yeah. fingerprint it and then just make it easy make it easy for yeah. us obviously respect you don't need, our rights, yeah. blah 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 but yeah. yeah like the thing is yeah like you don't need a fingerprint as long as you have like an id like everything is on we have wechat which is um i think it's oh man i should know this i think it's tencent or ali i think it's tencent it's tencent tencent alibaba has alipay yeah wechat is tencent and um yeah man i mean like essentially for you to use it you kind of just sync up your your id like kyc uh and then everything you need is 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 there like you have your Spotify through that. You pay for shit through that. Uh, like legitimately your your Uber. Uh, they call the DD here. E- everything I'm saying, they've got the Chinese alternative. But everything, man. Like you top up your phone through that. Um, yeah. And like what Crystal is saying, managing a billion people. So even like transportation. So it's like understanding like economics. And it's like in Australia, where I'm from in Perth, like we have a small population. So public transport is mad expensive. Why? Because they need to kind of like make that ROI where you have less customers, so you need to pay. They need to pay more for it to be a like self-sustaining um, business. In China, so uh, I'll throw the number out. So in Australia, it's about four dollars. From man, it might even be longer. Like let's say like a thirty-minute bus ride, about right, fifteen to thirty minute is about four dollars. In China, it's a flat rate, 
from one end of the city to the other is 20 cents. And the reason they can do that is because they make the price one, the, the, the earning power here is, is much less, but they make it as cheap as possible so that the rotation, like the volume is much higher. Um, so that way they still make up the money, but because we have the population to actually fund that kind of stuff, um, it makes sense here. So no, it's fascinating. Like I, again, I've been here eight years. I'm planning on staying here for another couple of years. I don't have, the only bad thing that I say about China is the internet in regards to like, the fact that I have to use a VPN and like it bugs out and it makes connections difficult. Um, so like if I'm streaming, sometimes it cuts off the stream that comes back on, but like, it's just, and that's not the Chinese internet. It's just using a VPN makes the network like right. unstable. Um, but apart from that, man, again, I, I, I have Netflix, I have YouTube, I have everything that like, and like, yo, I can order a pizza from pizza hut <laughs> to my door for like, how much is that? How much am I paying? About, 10 bucks, like delivered to my door. So, I mean, I don't know if that's like, that. that's decent to me. Like I haven't been in a grocery store in, in God knows how long, like all of that shit's just ordered to me. <laughs> so yeah, man, again, people say, oh, quality of life, you're being controlled. Damn though, but like, it's convenient, like life is convenient and it's good here. So yeah. Yeah, yeah man, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to take it too overly political, but yeah <laughs> no no it's good it's good I, like you said let's take it there because who else is talking yeah. about this stuff right yeah yeah, in a, yeah in a cool way like i i have no interest in complaining or condemning or criticizing not at all mm. like let's just talk about it because yeah this is really good stuff that a lot of people probably don't know um mm. okay so you've been there for eight years and then there's the whole got into investing in crypto and crypto gaming in the metaverse let's uh let's let's shimmy our way on down there that so that to me is actually super super interesting and i know this might be slightly unempathetic and i i try to empathize as much as i can but the coronavirus changed my life for the better like it just is what it is i can't objectively state something that that is like not true so i understand like that people like shut down businesses, like the lockdowns, like it affected a lot of people. I get that. For me, on the other hand, the first lockdown or the first, yeah, the first, like when it hit and, and we got locked down, yo, Matt, what's up? Uh, it really hit me because I was like, yo, I saw the markets crash and I was like, this is the perfect time to invest. The only problem was I didn't have capital. I wasn't prepared. So that switched me on. I was like, all right, shit, if this happens again, how do I do everything to make sure that I'm like locked in? How do I make sure that I have the capital to allocate and deploy when these things happen again? And who knows when it's going to happen again? Um, but so like I took like from that to, to however long it took me, like I was like, yo, I didn't invest in crypto at all. I mean, I had like 5% of my, my portfolio in crypto, but I was like, yo, let me just learn about like stocks, investing, assets. Um, and I was just like, yo, learning about all the things, VOO, uh, S&P 500, things like that. So that's kind of what uh, I did during the first lockdown. The second lock, and I just worked like two jobs, grinding it out, like really just not spending anything. Like I've had this hoodie for like years. Like I just have the same shirts that I wear every day. Um, and then in the second lockdown, so the first one changed my life completely. It got me clued up about finances. The second one changed my life completely because it taught me about uh, alluvi- pay, play to earn. I think that's what it was. It taught me about crypto and play to earn. And that's when I started to diversify my portfolio from 5% to 10% to 15%, 25, 30, like 
And I ended up going like 50% crypto. So 50% traditional equities, 50% crypto. None of this financial advice. Um, I'm just sharing my story. Um, so I got into the play to earn. And the concept intrigued me, but all of the games look trash. It just is like, it just looked trash. And I was like, all right, let me look. And like any sensible person at that point would go on, on YouTube and say top, like, or best play to earn games or best crypto games came up with a whole bunch of things. And I was like, ah, these look all right. Like Ember Sword looked cool. Um, but nothing that was out was like, yo, cause again, I, like I was saying, I was an avid gamer. Like I played so many hours of Dota and like I was a gamer. So seeing things like Axie was like, yo, this is, I was never a mobile gamer, so I was like, this is a piss take to me. I was like, I'm not going to play this. Um, and then plus, like, an Axie was like $1,000 at the time or some shit. I was like, yeah, this, like, I need to pay $3,000 <laughs> to, to play? Like, nah. Um, I was like, man, I'd rather buy, like, a PlayStation 5. <laughs> I was like, nah, it's not going to happen. Right. So the next best thing was best upcoming play-to-earn games. Or, again, best upcoming crypto games, best coming blockchain games, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um and then every single list that I was looking at had Alluvium in the top three. Every list that I was looking at had Alluvium in the top three. And just seeing like the quality of, of the trailer, and I was like, yo, this seems legit. Like this is the one that actually seems legit. It seems well thought out. It seems like and then I watched a, a video with uh Kieran and then I got sucked into the wormhole. But I was like, yo, the more research I did, the more I was like, yo, this is well thought out, this is actually sustainable. The people building this game are killers. Then they release, uh, they revealed who Von Le- uh, Von Neumann was. I actually said Von Leekman. Von Neumann was, which is the third uh, Warwick brother. And I was like, I was starting to piece these things together. And I was like, all right, their brother is Kane Warwick, who's the founder of Synthetics. Are these guys going to come out here and build a product and rug, like, and, and it's a successful, Synthetics is a successful DeFi protocol. Are they going to come out here and rug and ruin their brother's reputation? It Not seems unlikely. I mean, like, possible, possible, but it seems unlikely. Like, my mind works in probability. And I was like, it doesn't seem overtly probable that that's going to be the case. So I'm like, I, I can I can Asymmetric. Yes, correct. And I was like, again, you start looking at these guys like, all right, Kieran has done this stuff before. Grant has been worked, like, top 10 CGI artists uh, in his time. Worked on, like, Lord of the Rings and things like that. Is he going to be, like, ruining his reputation? It doesn't make sense. And again, it's like, everything I was, like, calculating this, the fifth world brother, yeah. <laughs> and everything I was thinking, I was like, all right, cool. What actually makes more sense for them? So they built out this this elaborate elaborate rug, let's say, elaborate system of things that they're putting together. What makes more sense for them? For them to rug and, yeah, take some money, cool. They, they make money, that's fine. Or for them to pull this off and make billions in the future. What makes more sense to me? And I was like, and everything kind of led to be like, all right, cool. It seems like they've got the shit going. They've got the connections already. They're, they're not going to ruin the reputation. So I was like, all right, sick. That's the one. Um, and I just kept I just kept on diving deep. And every question I had, every query I had, I was like, yeah, this doesn't make sense, though. It got answered. And I, I got educated. And I was like, oh, no, they've thought about that. Like, clearly, they, they figured this out. So that was the second lockdown. So I got clued up on that. I was like, let me start investing heavy into that. The third lockdown, I was like, yo, it's time for me to start making content because I was like, all right, everyone's got their own niche. Like Scarox at the time was doing hella. Um, I don't know. Are you, are you super clued up on, on Alluvium and, and the ecosystem, like the community there? Like, you can be honest. So, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I definitely have done some due diligence on it and all, uh, I want to be super transparent. I am an investor. Um, oh, sick. so yeah. So I feel like I'm biased towards it, obviously <laughs> given psychological biases, uh, yeah, but I'm yeah. not super clued into the day to day actually. Yeah, that's fine. But like, um, so like a couple of the content creators back in the day that were like really, really popping was Skyrox, who's still like the number one content creator, I'd, I'd say, um, he's like focusing on on like a lot of the the speculative stuff um the the what's it called spreadsheets things like that be like yo if we get this many plays the amount of rep, like that kind of stuff is, is what he does vetamore was doing very educational stuff back in the day about yo what are the tokenomics what does this actually mean um and he he absolutely killed that uh vetamore is now a council member um and then we had vulcan vulcan is like very much the way that i am now he was like yo shoot it straight, straight off the bat. Like, I'm not talking about the money side of things. I'm not talking about the education side of things. I'm just sharing the updates. What's going on day to day? What's actually happening? What am I excited about? Building that excitement. That was his thing, like more a personality, entertainment personality. And because, and he was doing that because honestly, he was a gamer and he was waiting for the game to come out, which is exactly what I'm doing. Like, once the game comes out, I don't know how much like hype videos I'm going to do. I'm going to be playing the game. Um, but so these were the guys and, Again, I'm just going to speak objectively. They were all, like, these These were the biggest guys. There were a couple of other guys coming up, but they were the biggest guys. And objectively, they were all white. So in my mind, I was like, yo, I think that, one, I'm good at public speaking. Two, this is something that I actually care about. And I see a lot of misinformation, not from those guys, um, going around. And I have a lot of questions that have been answered. Let me relay that back to the public. And I was like, all right, me being the color that I am, and speaking the way that I am from Australia, having that Astra people don't know where, where where I'm from. I some people say I sound American, some people say I sound British. Um, no one says I sound Australian, but having that kind of global uh, accent, looking the way I do, I know is going to like. The truth is, we're, tri we're like human beings are a tribal people. We're going to relate to the people that look and sound like us. So for me to play that part, it's like cool. I guarantee that if me and Vulcan are next to each other, there is a group of like non-white people that are more likely going to go with me because I look and represent them. It just is what it is, right? I was like, yo, let me do the shit. And also, like, I was a dancer we, back in the can day. Can we pause just for a second? Yeah, please, this please, is, please. This is such a great example of recognizing reality and recognizing a competitive edge that only you have because yeah. only you are you and you only you have the, the characteristics that only you have. And totally going into that and not being yeah. afraid to be like, hey, this is the strat. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. And this is why. Like, this is the appropriate way to talk about things that people are afraid to talk about. Or it feels like yeah, it's and it, yeah. taboo to talk about. Like, this is the way And it's stupid, it. yeah. And it's stupid because it's, it's the way that we're living, man. We live, like, in a decentralized way. It's like, yo, like, TV. That's why TV is going to die. Yo, I'm going to love this because we're going to go on tangents and shit. And I don't mind staying longer if you if you want to, if you enjoy the conversation. But, like... That's why I think TV is dying. It's like advertising on TV is like, yo, it's a vanilla blanket ad. That is that might that might work on like a ninety-year-old, like maybe that's a bit extreme, maybe like a seventy-year-old person, but that's not going to affect me. Whereas on the internet now, it's like, yo, let's target a hip, like let's say what's what's a brand, um, Nike. Let's just say Nike. All right, they can target a creative ad that's based around hip hop that's going to come up on my feed. Why? Because the, the algorithm shows I like hip hop. 
they they can create a, a a creative ad about tennis for those that like tennis and come for the game talk, stay for the live lessons. Um, so that's why I like this is objectively what marketing needs to do, and this is the world that we're living in. Like accept objective truths and play to that. That is actually how you grow by serving the communities individually and not just kind of making a blanket. Oh, I paid ten million for this ad on TV; it's going to work. I made I paid seven million for this this ad on. I mean, the Super Bowl should be more expensive. Let's say 20 mil. I paid 20 mil for this ad on the Super Bowl. Everyone's going to love it. It's like, no, man, they're not. People have different life experiences. Like I had a chat with someone who was like, oh, I don't have um, a PC that can stream. I was talking to one of my influencers and they were like, yo, one of the influencers I work with, I shouldn't say my influencers, one of the influencers that I work with. And he was saying, um, yo, I don't have a, a PC to, to stream. So actually I can't even, I'm making content, but I can't play the game. So when the game actually comes out, I'm going to, be like not as clued up as as someone that's already playing now. And I was like, dude, that's your truth. Do you think everyone has access to the game right now? No. Play to that. Make that your truth. You are the guy that is learning as you're going. Make that your reality. That is your reality. Embrace that. People are going to relate to that because that's, again, like to me, it seems like a no-brainer. I, I don't even strategize this shit. It just kind of like just, yeah, it just makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't know, man. What are, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I think the distinction here is that you decided that you wanted to be a content creator. Or, or maybe you decided you yeah. wanted to create content. Almost synonymous, but not exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, then, yeah, yeah. and then it's like, okay, well, what is the best way for me to do this thing that I've decided that I now want to do? And then you arrived at that conclusion. That seems like yeah. a very logical, rational yeah. conclusion. But what I feel a lot of people will get tripped up and as somebody who's been creating content for a long time, I get on this all the time still is being influenced by other people to the point of not actually creating it in the way that you think you should, or in the way that you should be creating it yourself. Like mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to just model everybody and just be them because then you actually lose the thing that, or you, have a chance to lose the thing that could actually separate you from everybody else and make everybody want to copy you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree, man. And it's like, and that's why, and that's another reason, honestly, on a, again, cause I've been an educator for like 10 years. I've been a dance teacher an English teacher for like 10 years. So education is super important to me. And I straight off the bat, just am not insecure. Like it just is like, I grew up feeling that way. I, and as I got older, I, I just did like, I developed a whole bunch of skills and I was like, man, I can do anything. As long as I decide to put like, as long as I decide that I want to do it, like I've got, a, I don't even lie, I've got a bit of a tummy now just because I've been like working hard and not been exercising and I've been eating pizza and my wife's like, yo, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, do you not think that when I switch it on and I say, all right, cool, I'm going to lose this, it's gone. Like, it's not even a question to me. It's like the moment I decide that it's gone, it's just gone. So I was like, all right, I want to present this. Um, and also I was working two jobs. So financially I was doing okay. So me doing this content, like I see a lot of content creators that are like, yo, they want to quit their job and make this their full time. They, they're trying to like take uh, paid ads and, and like they're trying to do all of this shit to, to start making money. And I'm like, yo, that's short term. And people can feel that. Like the audience can feel that. And that's why I love Vulcan because Vulcan had already, like he was already an established content creator with mobile gaming. So this new channel wasn't him trying to make money. He was genuinely passionate about the project. And I was like, cool, that's me too. Like I make enough. Like I was, again, I quit those jobs now and I am doing this full time, but 
I, I was making enough. So with my videos, I wasn't asking for anything. I was giving, giving, giving. And that was the whole point. I was like, yo, I'm like you say, I kind of decided I want to be a content creator or make content. What I decided actually was I want to build a brand. That is what I decided. I was like, I'm going to build the TSG brand in a way where I can educate and inspire people to speak their shit. Like, I, like when I say I'm the best, I'm the greatest, I don't mean that I'm better than you. I just mean that I'm the best. They don't need to be mutually exclusive. And I think that you should walk around feeling that way about yourself. And I feel like if everyone's out here being like, oh, I think I can do this. Yeah, no, I, like, I appreciate that, that. I think that was okay. Fan, no one's going to talk that shit. Like, that's the reason I love Kieran and, and, and his brother so much. It's like, yo, they re remind me of me and my brothers. It's like me and my brother, sorry. It's like, yo, walk around feeling like you're the greatest. Otherwise, you're not going to be. And like, it's not, again, people say that's arrogant. I think arrogance is when you think that you're better than other people. I don't. I just think that I'm the greatest. And I want you to feel that way too. Like, like it just, and again, like, that's why I think I was perfect for this job as well. The, like influencer manager. It's a competition, yes. But no matter what you guys do, I'm going to thrive. So it's in my best interest to help you guys grow anyway. Like, I, I'm not out here trying to stop you out of this weird insecurity. Oh, you're going to beat me now. Like, I just don't care. Like, I want you guys to grow. And that way it makes the competition harder for me, which means that I need to level up twice as much to catch up to you. That's fun to me. So that that was the reason that I made the, uh, started making content. for the, Like, yeah, I was passionate about it. I wanted to build a brand. And I wanted to just, like, inspire people in that way of, like, yo, we live in this world now where it's like, yo, like, fake humble and weirdo. I don't know, man. I just think it's weirdo shit. And it's like, yo, again, I, you can tell by my bombastic way of talking and, like, my – it's a very – influenced by hip-hop right so like the way i take about again hip-hop was about that growing up it's like yo who's got the best style who's got the best style like i i don't dress up like that but it's that very like yo i'm the greatest like yeah like super killer ghost kill like yo like that's the shit they're like yo giving themselves like superhero nicknames and shit red man ghost face killer right it's like yo who calls themselves a killer right yo like it's just like and i i i try and again no one was hip-hop in crypto until, not in crypto gaming or Illuvium until I kind of, I was like, yo, that is who I was. Uh, that is who I am. That's who raised me. Like, I tell my wife now, I'm like, man, all these guys in my ear, like, spitting, like, yo, you're the greatest. You're the best. If you listen to that enough, <laughs> you start to feel that shit. So, you believe it. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, there's no other, again, to me, there's no other way, man. What's T, T, TSG is my superhero name, Matt. My real name's Taron. Um, but yeah, no, like, it's just what else is there to believe, man, on an actual philosophical level? Like, you, you said you don't want to talk about, like, Alluvium and gaming shit. You wanted to just chat with me about, like, my shit. Honestly, what else is there to believe? That you're okay? Is that really the life that you want to live? That you're okay? Like, it would I mean, cool. If, that, if that's what you want to live, I get that. That's fine. But, like, oh, that you can't do some shit? That sucks. Like, that's, that. again, like... No, even if and, you want to yeah. be, even if you want to be whatever that version of okay is in your mind, at least go for that. Like, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, are you going to be okay at going for okay? Because then you're, you're compounding the, I mean, I it's guess just, you're, you're, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. And like the, the, the thing that actually drove me, honestly, and this is something that I haven't actually shared publicly, but every single decision that I make in my life, I, I don't have kids, um, but again, me being an educator, I understand how important this is. Everything that I've done in my life 
has come from me wanting to um, inspire my kids. Everything I've done is for my kids, my future kids. And it's like, would I want them? Would I want them to see like someone who's like, oh, I'm just okay? No, I want them to see someone that thinks they they are great. That way, they can realize that they can have these thoughts. And like again, I don't let people tell me what I can or can't say. They should feel the same way. It's like, yo, do your shit. Like as long as you're authentically genuine, like. I've told my wife that I don't care if they get a degree. I don't care any of that shit. The only things that I care about, and I've told Crystal this, I've told like anyone that I want to work around me, the only things I care about is one, kindness. That is the number one most important thing. You need to actually be genuine kind and not fake kind. Like, oh, let me be kind to you and get something back. That's just weirdo shit. Like, like just be kind. Just give, give, give. Like, it's fine. Shit will come back to you. Relax. Just give. Um, so kindness and work ethic. Honestly, like that's all you need. If you have a crazy ass work ethic and you're kind, you're going to be fine. And the third one is a bit of a joke, but it's like, it's a sense, it's a sense of humor. Um, Cause I generally think people that are funny generally are more intelligent and self-aware of what's going on. Um, and they can make these quick reference jokes. And again, it's, but apart from that, yeah. So everything I've done, man, like is, is for, for my kids. So all of these things that I'm saying is like, yo, I want to inspire. It's like, yo, I want to show them like, Again, I used to make, fun fact, I used to make music, I used to paint, I used to write scripts, I used to code. What else I used to do? I used to do a whole bunch. I used to draw, uh, I used to dance. I used to like, obviously record, edit videos for dance and stuff like that. So I developed a whole bunch of these skills and I'm sure there's other things I forgot. But, um, and again, why? So if my kid one day says, yo, I wanna make music, I don't need to hand them off to someone. I can teach them. And they'll just be like, yo, my dad actually is a superhero. He actually understands what like, a reverb is he understands like what a kick snare is he understands like what a bpm is and then when it comes to editing if they want to be a youtuber yeah dude son daughter look at the shit that i built i understand how to cut i understand how to do the shit right i understand how to overlay like all of these things it's like oh i want to write yeah cool man did you know you can write screenplays did you know you can write novels these are the techniques that you can use these are things that you can do like I think that's just so that that's kind of the thing that drives me. And again, that's why I decided to do this YouTube stuff. Um Love yeah, that. man. And yeah, and that was like, yeah, in the third lockdown. I yo, again, tangents. Third lockdown. And then the fourth lockdown that happened was um I was like, yo, I decided I'm gonna get a job at Alluvian. <laughs> I was just I just decided. I was like, yo, I'm gonna get a job. I've been making content for around them for like seven months. I built a reputation already in, in regards to like kindness, hard work. Again, I was pumping out two videos every day. And everyone's like, yo, how are you doing this and having two jobs? And I was like, honestly, I don't know, but I just made it happen. Um, so everyone was like, like you said, like everyone that was looking at Alluvium or just in like, they kind of saw my face. They, it was impossible for you to look at Alluvium and not see my face. So I did that. And then I decided, I was like, I'm getting a job. Um, and then, yeah, I just took that, that entire month of lockdown, two months of lockdown. And I was like, every single day, helping out, doing shit, providing value messaging uh, dick the community manager yo what can i do to to make this happen and yeah lo and behold it happened so ev all four of the lockdowns that i've been through changed my life first one learned about finances second one learned about crypto and, and play to earn alluvium third started making content fourth got the job at alluvium every single lockdown i made myself just like it changed my life like every single time it completely changed my life which is absurd to think about which is absurd to think about yeah what well, about you, man? What's really your journey exciting. like? I'm curious. Well, 
I'm I'm happy to share for sure uh, at some time, but this this time is for you, pal. I want to I want to okay. keep digging okay, here. Cool, cool. cool. <laughs> All right, so, sick. I mean, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. So thinking about that transition from you don't have capital, but you start to realize how important that is, and then Ooh. crypto comes into the scene, and you're like, ah, yes, I see the game here. I want to play it. I want to be prepared for it. Two two things or a couple things, but when you discover Alluvium. I feel like a lot of people, when they first get in, they just like spew over themselves over like 800 different things all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose to just go for one thing and go hard in the paint at that one thing? Uh, honestly, I not that I wanted to, but I was open to covering other things as well. That's why if you look at my uh, YouTube channel, it's, it's TSG, Alluvium, and NFT Gaming. But the problem is what I value more than content is reputation. And I was not going to put my name in any of these products that I was like, yo, I just don't think that you're going to be around in 10 years. I, again, I think long term and I'm like, I don't think you guys are going to be around in 10 years. And I'm not willing to put my name on a product that, and it's crazy because I'm telling you this, I didn't have a name. <laughs> like that's, again, that's how you can kind of tell where I, like the type of values that I, that, the, the way that I think I didn't even have a name. I didn't even have a reputation, but I was like, in no way am I going to ruin like anything by covering this shit. So it's not that I'm against it. Like I'm super open to it, but again, to me, there's no one out here that's compelling enough to like the way Kira talks about it, the way that I, again, I'm lucky enough to be on the team. I'm seeing what we're doing internally, dude. It's a no, again, like not financial advice. Uh, like to me, it's a no brainer. Like to me, it makes sense that this is the thing that's going to take us to the next level. If Axie was the proof of concept or proof of like possibility, I'll say, because uh, yeah, it was like unsustainable, the ecosystem, but like the, the possibility that we could onboard so many players into blockchain gaming, that's what we saw. And that was for earning. But now we can actually make like an interoperable blockchain game, like what Illusion is doing, where you have your asset, and instead of saying, I can bring my uh, Axie into Alluvium, I can bring my Alluvium into Call of Duty. That's far off. That's not going to happen anytime soon. But if I could say, like, yo, I have a, a, a Mario, like you see my, oh, Pokemon, right? Let's say that. Let's say I have a shiny Pikachu in, in Pokemon Yellow. I don't know. Um, and then Pokemon Sword and Shield, or whatever the new one, Scarlet, Violet, or whatever the hell that is, is coming out. Um if I could transfer my same shiny Pokemon that I trained, perfect EV IV, transfer that into the new one. Like, that seems like huge. a no-brainer to me. Yeah, like, imagine if you had, like, uh, let's say Mario. That's uh, Mario's the IP that I always talk about because they've actually got different styles of games. But imagine if you could get, like, a singular Mario game where, or not even, let's say just um, Mario, any Mario game. But the thing that they had a marketplace for was skins limited skins uh or customizable skins whatever it is and then every mario game subsequent to that was a free-to-play game so you had mario kart super smash brothers mario tennis mario golf uh, all of these games were free to play but the thing that was interoperable was your skin so you could have a pink donkey kong you could have a, a goth donkey kong whatever it is and you could use your character and your skin in each of those games that's what we're building and to me that just makes sense it's like you're, you're telling me that okay it's like you pay, yes, to go out and get the, the alluvials um, in the overworld. I mean, it's free to play, but you have a paid experience as well. But essentially, you're saying, I'm going out to open a pack of cards. I now have these cards. And in any game in the future that you guys are going to make that 
these cards can be played in. I don't have to pay for any of those games. I can just use these cards. Like, again, to me, I was like, yo, this is just a no-brainer. Like, again, think about it. An alluvial card. Like, I now have an Atlas driving a card. An alluvial, like, uh, sorry, a an alluvial Diablo-esque, like, dungeon crawler game. I have my hero and then my, my Atlas. I'll keep using that in that. So I don't need to keep changing my shit. All these games are free, and I just keep playing. And that way, where does the money come from? Cosmetics. Uh, where does the money come from? Trading volume. Uh, royalties on, on the marketplace saying, y'all want this. The first set of, the same way Pokemon has the first set, the, the PSA 10 Charizard goes for like 400000 We're going to have like a first set of Alluvials, and then the second set, and then the first set will stop. So if you want to use this Atlas in, in another game, if you come in three years later, you will technically have to buy it if that's what you want. Otherwise, you stick with what you have, like the, the set that you have. Um, so again, I think like they've thought this out. And to me, I was like, yeah, it just, and everything I've done, I've narrowed down. And it's like, all right, let me spend time drawing. Let me spend time doing this. Let me spend time doing this. Uh, and I was like, all right, let me, again, be an expert in one thing rather than be a generalist in everything. When that, I started with Alluvium, right that's there. what it was. Yeah. That right there. That that's what I'm really trying to hit on. Because a lot of people do the exact opposite. Yeah. Why why is that the default that you're going for? Just I think I'm hard hardwired that way. I think again, like I think I just I just understand, like again, like I say, and that's why I brought up the salesperson thing at the start. I think I've just been hardwired for like a long time. Like my first job at 18 was being a salesperson to my last job before being a teacher. I like I had when I started at eight, 17 and I started traveling. So about six years, six to seven years, I was uh, a salesperson. And then after that, I was a teacher. And even then, like, again, like I say, like when you go into in fun fact, there hasn't been an interview that I've gone for that I haven't got. Um, and it's just because, an interview is just a sales job. Like you're selling yourself, you're selling your skills. And it's, that's what I mean. All of these skills are interoperable. Um, so I've always been hardwired to understand the market and the consumer. Like that's the thing that I can understand really well. And to me, it's like, I'm not going to say any names, but legitimately search up the biggest web three gaming content creators of the last bull run and look at their conversions from subscriber to viewership. Like, there is a reason that they are converting less than 5% of their subscriber base into viewers. And it's because they didn't build a community. They were chasing virality. And that's what happens when you're a generalist. You're chasing what the hot thing is. You're, you're just going with it. You're not building a solid ground. I'm down to grow slowly as long as, like, I think my conversion rate is, like, I think my conversion rate should be higher. Like I, I, I think it's low, but my conversion rate is twenty nine percent. So tw I'm able to convert on average twenty nine percent of my, um, of my like subscribers into actual viewers, which is like pretty decent to be honest. But I, I wanted, I wanted to get it higher to be honest, and I know I can as long as I, I've been slacking because I've been working now. But um, it'll happen where I'll, I'll, I'll go crazy again. But yeah, like being a generalist is just like you're being a a small fish in a big pond unless you're like a savant unless you're like incredible you're just not going to like stand out like why why would someone click you if you're like serving 
again, as a consumer, if you're serving something that I can find in a hundred other places, what makes you special? Whereas if you find one thing and become an expert at that and become like a build a reputation in that community that you believe in, fan, it just, I don't know. Like, do I need to explain like that part? I, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. It's like, if now, again, I, I'm lucky now that I work for Alluvium as well, but like, if anyone is looking up Alluvium content, like, man, I would love for us to, I'm going to do it right now. Let me go incognito. How do I go incognito in this shit? New incognito. If I search up Alluvium right now, like I, I want to see who pops up. I really want to see who pops up. Alluvium. I'm searching up Alluvium on YouTube. Let's share that screen too. We can put it on the we can put it on the main screen. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Let's go. I'm bringing it up right now. Let me full screen this. So if I search up and Alluvium, and this is good market up. research. Yeah, cool. So you can see Alluvium is obviously going to be the first one. That makes sense. James Pelton just did a stream an hour ago with Kieran. That makes sense. Annie had an, an AMA with Kieran two days ago. That makes sense. Oh, I'm in China. So Skyrox again, Skyrox is up here. Again, that's I haven't been posting as much Skyrox again. Damn, I'm not up here. Crazy. Yeah, I need to get back on it. Skyrox again. Holy shit. Skyrox again. Annie knows. Damn, I'm not up here. This is not good, guys. Najif. Venomore. Yeah, shit. Oscar, Matt, yo, all I'm not these up people. here. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've worked with all these guys. Like, fun fact, and I, I'll, I mean, I shouldn't be putting it on blast, but uh, I helped with this thumbnail. What else? Like, there's a couple of thumbnails that I saw that I helped with. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Damn, I'm not up here. And that's crazy. One month ago. Yeah, okay. Maybe Incognito is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm a little bit far down, but. Yeah, but anyway, my whole goal was, um, I'll, I'll stop sharing, but my whole goal was to to build myself up so that if you do look at Alluvium, you're going to see myself. And it, yeah, not good enough. Yeah, Matt, you're right. It's not good enough. Um, and I know he's joking, but I'm actually serious. I'm like, yeah, that's not good enough. Uh, so uh, yeah, like, I just wanted to be a point where if you look, look up Alluvium, you're going to see my face. And there's a reason I put my face on all my thumbnails. It's like, I need you to see my face. Um, and it just makes sense. And that way I can leverage my brand. If I want to do more general shit after that, I've proven myself as like an expert in my field. I've built a reputation. I've built even in this bear market. Like I'm, I've got 2000 subscribers in this bear market. I'm averaging, like I said, 29%, which is about 700 viewers, uh, 700 views. And again, like some of my views, like some of my clips are just clips of like, I'm cutting up a long form piece of content into a shorter piece of content. It's not even you like unique new videos. It's just repurposed videos and it's still getting that much. Um, so yeah, man. So in regards to like why I think that way, it, it just makes sense. Like I understand a consumer would want to see an expert over some random person. Like, like would you rather watch, if you want a motivation, would you watch someone in there like, I'm trying to wear this not to offend anyone, but like, are you trying to like follow someone who isn't a millionaire in their bedroom compared to someone who's like out giving speeches, like who's built out businesses and shit, who would you listen to? Like who would you I, find more reputable? I would only want to listen if I'm trying to accomplish something and I'm listening to somebody about that something, they can only lead me to where they are. So yeah, I would be an idiot to follow somebody that's not exactly where I want to be. 
and that's and that's the way I look at it. Is legitimately that's the it, and that's what I mean. I just put myself and you, let's say you're the consumer here, and I'm like I'm the like product provider. You just gave me the answer, so it makes sense. Why would I be the person that you wouldn't follow? It, legitimately, it's just empathy. It's just empathy. <laughs> Understand what the consumer wants, and then give them what they want. The market's not going to change the world. It's like, oh, we don't like TikTok. TikTok's like damaging the youth. Whether you believe that or not, adoption of you like short form content is skyrocketing. So you can fight it all you again the same way. Oh man, where's my phone? Oh man, I, wow. Oh, it's over here. I was going to say I rushed here that I left my phone. But like the same way people were super against um, iPhones or like smartphones. They're like, oh no, man, we need buttons on our phones. Cool. Use your BlackBerry. What are you using now? iPhones. So it doesn't matter right. what you want. What does the market want? What does the consumer want? And our job is to try and understand what they want before they even realize it and provide it to them so that they do realize it. And they're like, oh shit, they're right. That makes sense. Yeah. So I want to, I want to shift the same mindset to investing and let's talk about it because I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that we can learn here. So you went from doing the two jobs and I believe you said you had enough and obviously getting into crypto, (laughs) there's going to be some form of investing in some way, shape or form, whether it be time or money or capital, whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm just, you know, talking about the fact that you're, 50% 50% crypto, 50% non-crypto. It's it's, it's uh, much more crypto now. <laughs> well, ju- just thinking about portfolio allocation like that le- would lead me to believe that, you know, you're also investing at the same time. And so, you know, you're thinking about investing, right? It's one of the yes. first, lock- first lockdowns, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was a game changer. So when you went from that spot of, I got the two jobs, I have enough, I, you know, I have some capital now. And then you went into a spot where you're like, okay, well, I just want to work with Alluvium because yep. this is the thing I believe on and I'm creating content around and I'm going all in on it. Um, how was that decision made? Because I feel like a lot of people are one foot in web two, one foot in web three. They yeah. work in web two, but they invest and they want to be full-time in web three. And they mm. just can't quite do that or they, they have yeah, the, the decision for me was actually very easy. Uh, I, I value speed over anything, um, and I just don't judge myself. So I'm 29 years old, uh, so I was like, I, I have a wife, but I don't have kids. And I told my wife, I was like, yo, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, again, truth be told, in my, again, th- again, this is like the hip-hop side of me, but also I think objectively it's true. Um, in my 10 years of teaching, I did not come across a better teacher than myself. Um uh, it just is what it is. So I was like, worst case, what happens? I become a teacher again. Like, like again, like I said, there's not been an interview I've gone for where I haven't got the job. So it's, to me, I was like, what is there to lose? Like, there's nothing to lose, only shit to gain. So in my mind, like making that transition, it was just like, like, have you ever read uh, The Alchemist, the book by Paulo Coelho? You've got a whole bunch of books yep. behind you. You've read that book, right? Oh, yeah. yes. So something that really, really, and I'm actually going to read it again because um, I was talking to my wife about it and uh, and I was like, yo, I really need to read this book again because I feel like I'm at a different point in my life. Um, but there's something in that book where uh, he talks about the signs, right? Omens. He talks about omens. That's the, the terminology. He's like, yo, the universe is going to provide you omens. And if you continuously say no to these omens, you'll stop seeing the omens in front of you. So 
this is what I was thinking about. I was like, yo, I've been given these opportunities, whether it works or not. Like, so I'll give you a bit of a backstory and it was hilarious. So I was, I'm trying to wear this in a way. Um, so I was working towards getting a, a work visa. I was uh, working towards getting a work visa in China, which is incredibly difficult. Legitimately took me three years of getting, like working towards that, like doing a whole bunch of things, paying hella money, doing this and that, going back and forth, bu bureaucratic shit, a lot. Like dead set, I actually had panic attacks for the first time in my life. I didn't even know what happened to me. I was like, yo, what the hell is this? And I was like, oh shit. It took me a second. I was like, yo, I think I just had a panic attack. Um, it was that kind of level of stress. Um, and like those moments where we had to renew our visa month on month on month. So I had a life here. I had a job here. I had a wife here. And every month I wasn't sure if I could stay. So it was stressful shit. Um, so I worked three years to get this visa. I got the visa. Two months after I got the visa, I got offered the job at Alluvian, which means that I had to give up the visa to do the shit full time. So... Yeah, like yeah, that face, and that's the same wow. thing. My wife and my wife was like, "Nah, don't do that." Like, yo, we work, we spent so much money, we 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 worked three, like we had fights, we had arguments about this shit, like, like we almost broke up because we were like the arguments were hella crazy and shit, and it's like, and then I told her, I was like, "Yeah, you're acting out of fear though, you're acting out of like comfortability." We finally got this, let's keep it, and I was like, "I've been affected by um, the alchemist, and, and my mind is just very much like that." It's like, but what if this is the omen? That the universe is showing me that my my like way of thinking of my priorities for the last three years was a waste of time. What if it's just like the universe is where I don't believe in God. I believe in the universe, but like it just like, but it's like you can interchange the word God, universe, whatever. But it's like, what if it's the universe is just joke, right? They always say like, if you want to make God laugh, like make plans. Like that's the that's what they say. And it's like, yeah, man, we worked so hard, did all this shit. I was like. And I remember I was talking to my brother, yo, I feel like I'm on one foot right now. Like once I get this visa, I'm going to feel stable. Fam, two months after I get the visa and I feel stable, this shit comes at me. And it's like, yo, this is if this is not a joke, I don't know what is. And I was like, again, going back to the alchemist and the omens, it's like if I say no to this, I feel like I'm spitting at the universe. And I'd be an absolute idiot to do that. It's like, I can't say no. I just can't say no. Like I say, worst case, I come back, I do, do it all again. We've gone through it again. In their records, they'll say I'll have had a visa. It might be bad because I, I quit it like like early, but whatever. Like I'll I'll take it as it comes. Um, but yeah, for me to make those decisions, I was just like, yeah, man. In life, it's like again, I don't care about the outside judgment of what I'm doing. So the only thing I care about is my judgment of myself. And again, I just said I don't judge myself. So it was an easy decision to be honest. It was a it was like a funny thing, and my wife was like, and again, I'm now. Truth be told, I've taken a pay cut from what I was earning before just so I can do this. I'm working harder than I was working before just so I can do this. Um, so it's just like, again, I, it just is what it is. And it's just fun, man. I don't know. Like, it's just fun. I don't know. I like to put myself in disadvantage, like in, in situations that are harder because it's fun. <laughs> Yo, I sound like a psychopath. But it's like, I want to put myself in these like positions where I'm like, I'm forced into the corner. Yeah, I, like, I, I want to like make it motivational be like, oh, because that's where you grow. But to me, it's just fun. Like struggling and figuring it out is fun. So why would I not do that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm realizing it now. I'm like, yo, it's not because I like 
like I think I'm going to grow. I know like objectively I will grow from it. There's there's no doubt about it. But I think the reason I do it is because it's fun to me. Like struggling is fun. I feel like once you get comfortable, you start to chill out and it's like, ah, uh, struggle is fun. I don't know. People run away from struggle. I think we're super soft. Again, I'm trying to like not be like overtly offensive, but I think we're trying to avoid struggle. And I think the beauty comes from struggle. Like, like again, me talk again, I, I told, I think I was telling Matt this the other day. I was like, man, I remember when I first started and I was gassed. I was gassed when I got a hundred views in 12 hours. I was like, yo, I made it like a hundred <laughs> views. And now it's like, yeah, shit. If I get a hundred views, like it's just like, oh yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's expected. Right. But it's like, these are the moments, like these, these hard times when I look back, it's like, yo, I, I was working a hundred hours. Yo, I was doing two jobs. I was doing interviews with people in the middle of the day. Like these are the fun, fun times. And it's like, yeah, me again, when I look back and if this shit works out or if it doesn't, hundred views is making it. Yeah. Um, yeah, me looking back is like, I'm going to laugh, man. And be like, yo, again, the same way I'm laughing now. Where I'm like, yo, I struggled for three, three years getting that visa and like do this. And now I'm throwing it away. That shit is hilarious to me. It's like, yo, it's just, I, I don't know. Good stories come with ups and downs. So I want to just live a good ass story. Yeah. I hope that well, answers the question. I don't know, man. It, w- it wasn't a hard decision to make. Like you asked, that was the question. It wasn't a hard decision to make. I was trying to give you some backstory on, on, on my thought process there. Well, I think that what we can one thing we can take from that is the conviction that you had in the move was supreme to the point where two months after the conclusion of a three-year arduous process (laughs) you're like okay and quitting those other two jobs and it's Mm -hmm. like and taking a pay cut after all that the conviction had to have been sky high now on that conviction side and this is where I think the investing part is probably going to be the investors in the audience is probably where we're going to dig in here to something you're really going to love. That conviction, how exactly did you build that conviction to the point where, and I know you talked about looking into the project and being inspired by the leadership and so on and so forth. Yeah. Talk to us about the conviction. How did it get to that point? Yeah. So I'll talk uh, again. My whole base is, my whole base is understanding the consumer, right? So let's look at the macro and like objective stats of the world. Gaming is the fastest growing media sector industry in the world. It just is what it is. So that's objective truth number one. Number two, are we moving to be more decentralized? Like do people, how do people feel? Like look at people's consensus towards centralized um media outlets so like facebook twitter they're losing faith in that due to censorship and other reasons security breaches they're losing faith to that number three do we as a species tech like technically generally move towards the better technology yes so now we have three and it's a one-way street and it's it's a one-way street exactly so we're starting to look at these objective truths and we're like all right this shit's starting to line up then we go into gaming as as a whole, and it's like, all right, cool. We've had the the buy and own games um, of like where you buy a game, you own it, um, and then we went to digital ownership, and we got digital. You can call it ownership, but digital. I don't even know what to call it. Where you're buying games digitally, you don't even own it, and if they take it off the the market, you lose the game. Um, whatever you call that, it's not even ownership. But uh, so they had that, and then they had like pay to win, and then they had like 
uh, loot boxes and battle passes. You can see the the way that the gaming is trying to transition. And then you see um, the Ryzen free to play with League of Legends, Dota, and Fortnite. Um, those are the biggest games. And and I'm sure there are others that I'm, I'm thinking of. Like you had subscription with WoW and you move on to these. And it's like, all right, cool. So these are the games now. And Fortnite was the thing. I was like, all right, Fortnite and League of Legends. They're free to play, but they generate mass revenue through cosmetics. Objective truth number four. That's where we're going. Now I think about it. I'm like, all right. One, I'm in China. So I do transfer money around globally. Um, is that easy to do with the Chinese bank? Absolutely not. So if I'm feeling this and I'm not like super, super on that level, but people on that level, if they're trying to transfer large amounts of like capital around, what's the best way to do it? Banking? Hell no. Crypto, right? Whatever crypto it is, I'm not going to say this crypto is better than the other, but the technology of blockchain is, is the thing that's helping us there. Um, so I was like, again, all of these objective truths are lining up. Ownership. Gaming, we're going to transition. For, again, I don't play games anymore because I'm busy. I have shit to do. Me putting in, we understand, again, objective truth, whatever number it is, time is equal to money. You're, a lot of us are spending time trading that for money. And that means that it just is what it is. Right now in games, we are paying to play the game and then we are spending time on it. We are getting fucked on two angles and we get nothing. The only thing we get out of it is escapism and entertainment, which is fine if you're a child. I mean, you don't have responsibilities, uh, but as a child, like those two things are fine for you. As an adult, I have bills to pay. I have a family to feed for. I have like shit that I need to do. I have a brand to build. I have a business to run. I have things to do. Escaping and entertainment is not worth the time that I'm putting in. Like, it just isn't. So a lot of us that are growing up and getting like shit done, we can't game anymore because it's just that the trade-off isn't right. So that's where ownership comes in. It's like, do I believe that for me, would I play a game if, like, do I still want entertainment as a consumer? Yes, I do. Am I willing to trade my time and money for entertainment? No, I'm not. What, am I willing to trade my time and money for entertainment and some ownership? Even if I'm getting 10% back of the capital I put in, that's, I, I can't say that I will, but I can it's definitely say It's a different conversation. It's, it's definitely more appealing, right? I'm open to the idea, whether it's 10%, 20%, whatever it is, right? And especially now that I'm a content creator, I'm, again, that like creating content around that that adds back to my business, so I probably would be playing. But again, the conversation changes from absolutely no to possibly. So that's a step forward. So aligning all of these uh, macro objective truths up, I was like, all right, so I can see that this is where the industry is going. I, I believe that this is where one uh, this is going to be the, the largest kind of like... Uh, and then there's other things like NFTs really uh, brought attention to, to the crypto space. And then we have DeFi, but I'm like, yo... Again, empathize with the consumer. Is the average consumer even clued up on how um, banking works and the financial system? Fuck no. Like they don't know what how inflation is. They like they don't understand any of that shit. So is DeFi going to be the thing that's going to bring people into crypto? You'd be insane. No. It's like NFTs. That's just gambling. Like a most average consumer is going to gamble. Maybe. Like and we, we saw that we saw a rise in in users because of that. It's it's a it's a good case use case, but is it sustainable? Is speculation no? Like we can see it now in a bear market, it's done. 
Then we go into the next thing, gaming. Like I said, we go back to objective truth number one. Gaming is growing faster than anything else. Is game could gaming be the thing to onboard? And gaming has three billion, uh, like there are three billion gamers, um, roughly three billion gamers uh, globally. Is that the thing that could potentially bring people into crypto? To me, my thesis is yes, yes, that is that. That's the thing that makes sense to me um, for crypto. I can't think of any other use case for crypto that's being worked on right now that has the upside potential of of onboarding than gaming. And I could be wrong, and I could be wrong. Um, I'm just kind of laying out my thesis. And so all of these objective truths lined up, that's kind of, that's where I got my conviction. And so like people think, oh, it's just a game. Like, and I didn't even talk about the team. So that's just my, like my thesis on gaming as a whole. And then I layer all that and like the the, the shit that Illumium is doing, that adds on to like the the actual rely, like not rely, but the trustworthiness of them. Um, and everything like that. The team, again, I, I sense myself in these guys. I understand that I'm not out here rugging people. The way Kieran talks, I relate. I'm like, yeah, man, I get it. You're the type of person that I am. I am. So it's like, I get where you're coming from. Um, and all of that adds together and, and mashes together. And it's like, that's why I'm that convicted. Um, so yeah, there's so, a lot. There's a lot. A lot of layers to it. <laughs> I like that. And I really appreciate how you built that one objective truth on top of another. I think anybody can really copy paste that framework right now to at least arrive. Yeah. I mean, if they're if you're listening to the Crypto Gaming Institute right now, chances are you at least have an inkling of the same belief system. Because because mm. I I 100% agree with you. Uh, yeah. Where I think we can dig even a little bit deeper here is then once we have that conviction and we know okay, crypto gaming that's the play. That's where we want to be. That's where we want to build for the next. Uh, for me, it's this is my career. Like I've never found yeah. anything more exciting. Like I want to be here forever. Yeah. Now putting our investor hats on, right mm. now we're thinking about, okay, well we have position sizing asset allocation. We have different mm. types of assets. We have the NFTs, we have the um, coins, we have equity within the games. We could build our own games. We could work at a, at a thing. We could do, you know, I'm escaping in investing, but you yeah, know, all yeah, these yeah. different ideas, right? So how do we then admit, I realize everybody can only talk from their own experience. So, so maybe yeah. how did you get to the point where you're like, okay, I have to go all in on Alluvium because you already did it with the content creation side. You already yeah. did it. And then you did it with the, um, the actual work side. Mm -hmm. How does that then impact how you're able to, and I don't know if you could even talk about this, but you're able to invest and how you're thinking about investing around yeah. this whole space. Yeah, yeah. So when I talk about this investing stuff, that's obviously my personal experience. Not nothing to do with the Lumion. This is my personal experience. Um, again, I've. Uh, it's a weird one because I'd say I'm pretty risky, but at the same time, like, I'm not like reckless. If that makes sense. And again, like objectively, I'm 29. I can get jobs again. It's fine. So like. I'm okay to start at zero and build up. Like, again, I've got a network now, which is crazy. Um, I've got the the knowledge and it's fine. Like I can hustle it out and, and make things happen. So I'm not worried. Uh, but honestly, I've always kind of gone, like even now I'm, I honestly was saying that I'm not going to be investing in Alluvium as hard now that I'm on the team as well. Cause I, I don't want to go completely all in um, just because like, you got to kind of be find some kind of balance of like, yo, if I'm making content about it, if I'm earning from them, investing all into it, it's like, yo, that's crazy. 
But honestly, and I went into that uh, thinking that as soon as I started seeing what was happening in 10, I was like, yo, I can't. I can't say no. <laughs> I can't say no. Um, but at the same time, it's like I am trying to actually rebalance my portfolio and, and try to bring up my um, my traditional equity. And I know it's boring, um, but in things like like the BOO, yeah, like I, I want to go back and see S&P 500 and, and, and build that back up. My allocation there, Tesla, I think is, I, I, it's, a, it's at a value that I'm willing to, to pay right now. Um, so there's a lot of things like I think Meta, I'm actually people are against uh, Meta. I'm investing in Meta. Uh, I think Meta is going to be the uh, the hardware provider. Um, and I think with them being the high, hardware provider, they're also going to be the software provider or like the, the platform provider, at least the same way that Apple holds the app store. Um, Facebook is putting like crazy amounts of money. Uh, Meta is putting crazy amounts of money into developing Oculus. So as far as that, uh, yeah, so I'm, that's the way I'm looking at it. And to anyone that's like actually listening, don't try and copy anyone. Like actually sit down and do like understand who, who you are, understand what your risk tolerance is. And I'd say generally play it safer than more risky. Um, just again, like understand your age. Can you start back from zero? Like just understand these things, man. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of go off that. If you want to go 40% safe, 60% risk, do that. If you want to go 60% safe, 40% risk, do that. But, and some people are like, yo, fuck you, Taryn, or like, fuck you, TSG. I want to go 100% risk. Do that. Cool. <laughs> like, do that. Uh, there's no right answer. It's just kind of <laughs> understand what, where you stand. Understand where you stand. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you see, Matt, got to risk it for the chocolate biscuit. Yeah. I'm not about that. Um, but at the same time, I do have quite a bit in Alluvium. But at the same time, I don't think it's a risk. So it's like, exactly. maybe I'm lying. To, maybe I'm lying to myself, right? It is, and the truth is, it is risky. It's speculative. But in my mind, I'm like, yo, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things. Um, and at the same time, people will tell you don't overly diversify, like because then you're not really going to do anything with it, like diversifying is more about like retaining your capital rather than growing your capital. So that is also true. Um, it depends on, it depends on your age. I really think your age and capital, actually your age, capital, and your income heavily affects the way you invest. Um, For sure. so yeah, I think that's, but yeah, I'm definitely still investing in Alluvium, not financial advice at all. I'm, I can't say no with these prices. <laughs> like it's, it's an idiot. <laughs> I'd be an idiot not to, not to go crazy. So I think about this stuff all the time. Like mm. my long-term, long-term is I for sure am an investor. I absolutely yeah. love the idea of capital allocation, playing the compounding game and just being willing to wait longer than everybody else to yeah. uh, reap rewards like that. Yeah. I feel like that's a game that I can win, right? Like I can sit here and wait forever. Like there are yeah. a lot of fun things in life to do can, that you don't yeah. have can to I ask, sit there. Can I ask how old you are? I'm just curious. Oh yeah, uh, I'm 27. I'm actually going to be 28 in 12 days. I'm not. Hey, happy second. birthday, fam! Happy birthday. Thanks, yeah. pal. But and it's like legit. That that's exactly it. You're 27. So like, I right, shit. Nothing happens for for 10 years. You're 37. People don't understand how young that is. Like, actually right. think about um, the dot com bubble, right? The dot uh, dot com crash that happened in 2001. When did Facebook and and now look at what big tech is? How long did it take for big tech to come out of the dot-com crash? Big tech really started like Facebook 2010, 11, 12, around that time is when they really started to take off. So from 2001 to 2012, that's 11 years. Are you willing to wait 11 years? 
if you are, pick the Facebooks now and you're going to be okay. Like, just chill. Like, it's not... And that's why it's like you're quitting your job to like go all... And again, I'm saying that now, but also I'm saying that I still have side things that I'm doing. So I still have income on the side where like my rent and, and cost of living is covered. So if if everything goes to shit, my rent and living is still covered at all times. And then everything I make from Alluvium is just side money that is just side money. Um, so again, like- Okay, that your, part right yeah. there. How do you structure that? That is such an important thing people sh should hear. Uh, what, what what do you mean? Like, how do I structure like, that? Like from a time allocation perspective. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it depends, man. Like there's no real answer. Um, the way I do it is, again, me being an English teacher in China, it's heavily, um, the, the, dem the demand is very high and the supply is very low. So uh, our rate and how much we can get is solid. So I legitimately work, I'm trying to count this now, one and a half, three, three, five, about six hours a week, give or take. Um, and that covers my rent and, and cost of living. So I allocate about six hours a week uh, to teaching, like doing private lessons and things like that. So I'm still doing that. Um, and even currently right now, I haven't gone full-time. I mean, I am, but I'm still doing part-time at my at my job um, just because I need to like, they're finding another teacher to, to replace me. And I don't want to, they're the only school that's actually treated me like properly. Um, so I'm like, I don't want to just leave on bad terms. They helped me get the visa, struggled with me. Like, let's try and like do it properly. Um, sure. But so like I allocate four hours a day to, to that job. Um, six hours a week to, to my private thing that I do on the side. Um, and then everything else is like, like my content and, and alluvium. So that's, I've been doing this shit for like, I work for about a hundred hours a week. Like on average, it's about a hundred hours a week. Um, and it's just a part of it. Again, like people ask me like, yo, don't you get burnt out? Or are you going to get burnt out? One, no, because like I told you before, I like being stuck in a corner. It, it's fun to me. The shit is fun. Knowing that it's like last night, knowing that it was 1 a.m., and I had to wake up at 7 a.m. And I had like four hours worth of meetings. And at 1 a.m. I had a whole bunch of messages and emails and things that I had to get through and do. That shit was exciting to me. Like how fast can I do this at a good quality so I can still get enough sleep so I can wake up the next day and make this AMA? Um, that shit was fun to me. So no. And if I do ever get tired, I take a day off. I take half a day off. It's like I just don't judge myself. Again, like what I said before. Um, and you can see from my answers, I'm hella consistent. I said, I don't judge myself at the start. It comes back here. My my actions map out to the shit that I'm saying. Um, so in regards to like finding a side thing, it's hard, man, because I, I developed a skill that I was able, easily able to trade. Um, you just need to find that, whatever that is for you, like garage sailing, flipping shit, going to thrift, thrift stores and flipping things. Like there were things out there. Um, figure it out by like start doing thumbnails like become really good at thumbnails and go on fiverr um do edits go on fiverr i need help um, with my thumbnails i'll say that that's for sure uh, let, let me I, I think you let me look at you i think you do <laughs> this is real this is real life anybody that's looking to do thumbnails for somebody in the crypto gaming world let's go dude if you uh yeah look book in um book in an appointment with me after i'll send you my calendar book an appointment and I'll, I'll talk to you about that um who who does your thumbnails uh, right now is it you that does it right now i'm doing it all yeah and do, do you use photoshop no i use canva all right okay so one you need to use photoshop 
Um, there's if you don't want to, I pay would for prefer. It, I would prefer yep. to pay somebody. I would prefer to just you, find an absolute rock star to come work with. Yep. Me. Let's build this. That's all. That's also fine. Um, but you still want you don't want to be at the mercy of someone. Of so course. learn all of the skills that you need. Understand the psychology behind it, and then outsource it. Because um, I, I learned this with uh, I learned this with uh, there's a, a music artist that I absolutely love, Russ, and um, he he sings, raps, writes, mix mixes, masters, engineers, produces everything by himself. And the reason he did that was he would make a, a song and send it out to a mixer, and they're like, "Yeah, it takes three days." Fuck no, it doesn't take three days. It takes a couple of hours. But if you don't know that you're not working efficiently. But if you sure. do know that, you can tell someone, no, fuck you, I know how long it takes, do it now. Um, and so it's the same thing. If like if you want to do a thumbnail, understand like, one, how long it takes. Two, it's so easy, fam. That's the thing. Like Oscar Matt knows, it's so easy. Um, like it's so, like legitimately, I use a maximum of five things on my thumbnails, like five uh, effects on my thumbnails. That is it. Like each thumbnail takes... I mean, if you want to go crazy, it takes longer. But on general, like you can get a thumbnail done in 15 minutes, a good thumbnail in like 15 minutes. If you want to go crazy, 30, 40 minutes, but it's not hard. Um, but again, sure. you want to understand like the the uh, the psychology behind it. Um, once you can understand that shit and what works, um, then start pointing that shit off completely. But booking an appointment and I, we can talk about it. I'll, I'll help you out with that. <laughs> I appreciate you, pal. But let's jump back here because we're we're on a good um, we're on a good tangent. And we went on tangent on the tangent. So let's go let's go back one dimension to the first tangent yeah, yeah. of thinking about um investing and putting a lot of eggs in one basket. But I think one of the things that you said that was really important was that your level of conviction and the amount of research that you're doing to others, what may appear to be risk to you actually doesn't seem that risky. Like mm. I think that is such an underrated statement and that's a superpower is to understand that everybody sees risk differently and if you can be in a spot where you're taking out the risk based on your conviction and research or not taking it out but like you're able to understand the true yeah. risk and then accept that willingly that's a huge yeah. superpower by the way a quick hack for those who something to chew on and think about as part of your treasury management strat let's say you do want to make a big bet in you know in something that you really believe in well why not do something like this why not go to something like ave right and go and uh maybe you start off an eth and so maybe you lend out uh, you lend you put your eth on the platform and then you borrow back against yourself and maybe instead of uh having normal eth that you are putting as your supply maybe you do it staked eth with lido and so that loan will pay itself but because you automatically borrow back however much take that ETH and then use that to go make your bet right so your bet is out there compounding doing its thing you're you still have ETH that's compounding because the loan is paying itself back and over time that spread will be very valuable because you're also I mean you are longing ETH but just for the conceptual exercise so like you can you can get a little creative with how you manage the risk but the conviction to actually do that like that doesn't have to be just because other people perceive it as risk that, that that doesn't mean that it is true risk or that they understand it in the full capacity. Yeah. Well, like uh, I think objectively being in crypto is risky. Like we've seen the ups and downs like and it's it's much more volatile. Um but volatility doesn't isn't a bad thing. Volatility on the upside is positive. Volatility on the downside 
sucks. Um, but I think the thing that you say like about the risk thing, it's not that it stops becoming a risk. It just, like, it's just that you become more educated on the risk and you're willing to take that risk. Right. right. It doesn't like get rid of the risk, like full transparency. I think I started getting into Alluvium at 400, uh, $400. And I legit was going all the way up. I was buying as it was going up. I bought at 1850 at 1850. I bought Alluvium. It is now at 50 and I have the biggest smile on my face because it doesn't stress me out at all. Like, I just don't care like that. So it's like, and I know a lot of people that bought at 1200, it goes down. They're like, Oh, Oh shit. And I get it. Like you've lost a lot of money, but for me, I'm thinking long-term and I'm like, all right, cool. I one can make money elsewhere. If it goes away, I've got money in other places. It's fine. Um, it, it would be a hit to my portfolio hundred percent. Cause it is the largest, second largest position that I have, I think. Yeah. I think largest or second largest, one of those two um, positions that I have. And it would, it would obviously be a hit, but at the same time, it's like, you can't run away from reality. You accept it, but also, I'm just willing to wait it out. Like, I understand what they're building. I can see it. And again, luckily, I'm on, uh, internally now, so I can physically see every step that they're building. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not like, yeah, it's gone from 1850 to 50. And I'm chilling. <laughs> like, like I'm genuinely smiling and laughing. Like, it's it's absolutely fine. So it doesn't get rid of the risk, but it allows you to sit through the risk. Um, and it allows you to kind of just be like, all right, cool. Like, you, you start to realize that the price doesn't affect what the you're business. actually building. Yeah, it doesn't affect, the, like the price is just speculation. Um, the business is still like, again, and the business that we're building is a game studio. Me putting in like the cash, right, like me putting in capital before the game is out and then taking it out before the game is out, I don't even get to see the business run. Like if the business drops the game and it flops, cool, I take that, that's the loss. But like taking it out before the game even comes out, seems like it just that's yeah, the risky like my, my, thing you could do yeah yeah my, my head can't even wrap like i can't even wrap my head around that like because what are you betting on then you're betting on the price you're not betting on the business and i and I, I bet on the business and the team so it's like i'm the price doesn't matter to me right now it's like let it do whatever it's doing let's talk three in three years time again i say three years because the game's gonna come out next year give it a couple of years for it to, to ramp up and amp up and shit like that um, and then we can we can see whether it was, it was the right call or not. Uh, but yeah, so I don't think it, like again, I don't think it takes risk away. I think it kind of studying it up. Just aware, just, you're aware. Yeah, you're just aware of the risk. It. Yeah, exactly. You're more like yeah, accepting of the risk and be like, I know what the risk is, and I'm willing to actually ride it out on 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 my actual bet. Um, but also, I think a lot of people, and I'm sure you know this. I think a lot of people are putting in capital that they can't afford. Right, like. And that's just irresponsible. Um, I think everyone, and I think that goes back to all the way at the start where we talked about, uh, when I talked about insecurity, people, especially young people are trying to get rich quickly to show their friends or their parents that they made it. There's no need for that. Uh, shit takes time to build, relax. Like if you're 21 now, fuck it, relax. Imagine you blow up at 31. You're still young. I know it doesn't seem like it when you're 21. You think 31 is old, chill out. Like it's going to be fine. Like just be patient. And, and just like put in 50% of your income, right? Or, or your disposable income. Um, so cover your shit and then 50% of that goes into, into investing. 20% of that, whatever it is, baby steps, chill out, like relax. Um, you don't need to go all in and then shit. 
the market goes down and you you become a forced seller. And then it's like, shit, where do you need to, to go? It's like, yo, I need to start selling my... I know so many people that for them to survive, they are forced to sell their assets in today's market. Fan. Like, <laughs> yo, that's unfortunate. It's just unfortunate. And it's that's poor planning. Risky. It's poor planning. It, that, right. that is risky. Correct. I don't think what I'm doing is a risk because I can sustain myself without any of that shit. So that's not a risk to me. If it goes, it goes. It's fine. I can re- recoup the uh, the capital. But that, what you just, like what we just said, that is risky. Irresponsible financial decisions is risky. Betting right. on something which is speculative is not risky if I don't need the money. That That's the way yeah. I look at it. Yeah. I agree. I'm glad you kind of yeah got to that because that, that's actually how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree hundred percent. That's why, and I know I just laid out a you know a pretty um, niche strat using the money markets and lending and borrowing. But I, I always think of it like once I do understand the risk, or at least I believe I understand the true risk. I could be wrong. You know, I have been wrong before. I'm sure I will be again. But but once that happens, then figuring out how to hedge against that risk. Yeah. That is the the new opportunity once you I have identified the the true risk there because let's say you do want to go hard in the stock market. Well, what's stopping you from doing that same thing I talked about earlier of setting up this long position, borrowing against it, immediately putting it in a stable, sending it to an exchange, withdrawing it to a bank account, and then putting that into stocks? Okay, well now if if the dollar gets gets absolutely ravaged, well now you have assets and you're in different currencies. But then if the ETH gets ravaged or the the crypto or whatever side, then okay, well you got the stocks. You know, you know, nobody mm-hmm. can take that away from you. Like you give yourself more chances of survival and more yeah. chances to to not get blown up completely. Yeah. And that's a game in and of itself. Like you're talking about, you yeah. know, it's fun to, to be in that. I mean, this is the the most competitive environment on the planet, yeah. is the financial side. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, again, like, honestly, I, I I think I feel safe because honestly, one, I have decent income coming in from other things. Um, but also it's like most of my shit, like I say, is like, they're pretty safe bets, honestly, like Meta, Tesla. Um, again, you could say that's speculative, but again, based on the research, I don't think so. But like, like Google, like looking at these, it's like, all, they're all just blue chips and like Disney, like Disney's IP. Do we understand what IP Disney owns? Like, I think we're chilling. Like uh, most, um, the lot, I think I have like sixty percent of my um, stock portfolio, traditional equities, in the S and P five hundred. So it's like, yo, that's I'm relatively safe. And in crypto, it's like Ethereum and Alluvium. All right, if, if Alluvium shits the bed, which I don't think it, it will. Again, not financial advice. It's like Ethereum. I don't think Ethereum is going anywhere. I just don't. I see most of the developers on there. It's just. It is what it is. Uh, so yeah, like again, people might say this shit is risky, but I, I generally take like, like low, like it's like risky, but I try to find where there's minimal downside to to, to max upside, right? Like that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, asymmetric. And I'm, asymmetric. Yeah, I try to do this with with everything, and it, yeah, I feel like I'm doing that. I feel like I'm doing that well, and yeah, I'm not affected by this market at all. I'm actually. Pleasantly surprised and, and uh, excited about it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking amazing opportunity. So, yeah. It's a gift. It, I think about yeah. that every day. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the biggest gift I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, we get another chance 
another Dude. chance to build up our capital, another chance to meet incredible people and to build yeah. together, another chance to be at the for the tippy forefront of the most ridiculously cool industry mm. that is going to sweep the planet in very short order on a grand time mm. scale. And it's going to be the dominant world order for what 50 years 100 yeah. years forever like this could be humanity's end game and we're at the very front of it i think the the thing that biggest risk to us is that we don't live long enough to see it reach its yeah. full potential like that's I've the always, biggest yeah. risk i've always said that i've always said like yo people are like oh man if you could have any superpowers like yo or like the whole question was, oh would you want to live forever it's like yes like yes, yes. <laughs> of course <laughs> Not that I'm afraid of dying, but like, yo, imagine all the crazy. I'm a complete optimist. So I'm like, yo, imagine all the crazy shit we're going to see in our life. Like, why would I not? Right. Um, exactly. But yeah, like talk, talking about that, like, honestly, like. About like, man, where we are now is like, I'm glad we're in a bear market. Again, it sounds horrible when I say it like that, but I'm glad that we're in a bear market. Me too. Because again, all of the um, all of the speculators uh, have been pushed out. So right now it's the builders. So we can now say that right, we had like the 2000 and whatever, I think it was eight, 2008 crypto crash, 2017 crypto crash. And now like 2021 or 22, it's like, cool. We can now say that we were part of this class. Like I, I'm a part of this class anyway. And I believe that working at Alluvium, and this is how I kind of, I told Kieran this in, in our interview and I told uh, my wife as well, we don't have a product out. But if you look at, like I said, any up, like top upcoming crypto games, Alluvium is always there. I believe that I am so blessed that I'm now working at the Apple of crypto gaming before the iPhone actually came out. And that is insane. Like to be in this bear market and be a part of this team in this bear market to go up is absolutely mental to me. Like I honestly don't know how my life got, got me to this position, but I'm not going to second guess it or question it. I, I just appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely think, uh, I definitely think that we are all very lucky right now to be in this moment. And uh, I also feel very lucky because you've shared about uh, upwards of an hour and a half of your time. Um, you know, uh, I appreciate being one one hundredth of your of your work week uh, or a little bit. A little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, you're you're the absolute man. Um, I do appreciate you coming on the show today. And um, one last question for you. Hmm. Where does this all go? And how early are we really? Where does this go? I can't say that. Uh, I can just react to the market. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not in the like, prediction business. Um, I kind of just see the market and make moves based on, I, I mean, consumer markets and like understand consumer mindset and things like that. So that's what I look at. Where we go from here, again, there's no way I could have said short form content was going to come, but here it is. Um, I don't know where we're going to go, but I, I know that I'll pick up on it quickly. Um, as for how early are we in everything, I still think we're five to 10 years. I think, like I said, like if this is the crypto, crypto bust, crypto crash, it took 10 years for Meta to come out. I mean, like I say, things, uh, things move exponentially fucking oscar matt um <laughs> things move <laughs> exponentially so i think five to ten years and in the average i think seven years if it took 10 years last time i think five to like five to ten around that is when we're really going to see like a massive massive change in consumer behavior 
Um, yeah, and as yeah, okay, Oscar Matt, I'm pretty sure you know this already, but next year, early next year is open beta. Is what we're trying to do. Not not a hundred percent, but we are trying to do. It's looking very very likely. Yes. Well, so so maybe let me let me change up the question a little bit. <laughs> what is the North Star for you for crypto gaming in the metaverse? Because for me, it's like yeah. it, it, it's a it's a combination of a couple of things. It's the Ready Player One, the snow crash, but in a way that humanity doesn't get absolutely decimated, like not in game. Because if we think about that, like the stacks, I think it's not a yeah. good thing. So we want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I actually think that might happen. Um, I think it's both. I think we're gonna have. Um, because everyone is black or white. It's very binary, but it's not. The world is gray. I think we're going to have a centralized uh, metaverse, whether it be or centralized metaverses uh, and decentralized. Uh, the benefit of centralized is people that aren't actually clued up and willing to study. They get onboarded um, in the, the convenient way to them. That's cool. Um, once they realize they're getting shafted, they might transition into the decentralized. It is what it is. Um, as for the North Star of, of gaming, Honestly, it's just giving power back to the people. Like I said, people like, yo, NFTs are a scam. They fail to see. I think those people just don't value their time, um, but they fail to see that what they are doing and participating in now is the scam. You are losing money and time for nothing but entertainment. All of your capital is going to these companies and they are giving you nothing back. You complain about shit. They do not give a fuck because you are still giving them money. They are taking their money from you. You say, yo, we need to do this. They do not give a fuck how many of these founders of Nintendo, Microsoft, uh, the consumers actually get to talk to. None of them. That is not a thing that happens. Like, they do not care about you. They're just taking your money. They don't care about any of this shit. So Web3 Gaming or Gaming in general, which is what I think is going to be called, is giving assets back to players, actually having them own things, letting them actually, like, convert some of their time back into capital. And I'm not saying play to earn. But just like I say, if they can take 10% of their capital back, makes like 10% of the value back, some shit like that, that's that's net positive to where we are now. Um, I think that's going to be the thing. Uh, I think ha actually having like governance, like voting, uh, again, with Alluvium, we're going to have it where it's going to be the token holders that vote for the council members and they vote for the next genre of games, the next games that come out. If they vote for a shooter, that's what we build next. If they vote for a kart racer, that's what we build next. Um, again, look at the AMA sprint that, that Kieran's been doing. We've done like, I think I've got like 25, 28 AMAs that I've got booked out that have been done and, and have booked out 28 AMAs with a founder of a project, like of a, of a game studio, not a project of a game studio transparency. And again, Kieran is out here cussing. I'm out here cussing. It's like, we're not fake corporate. Like we, again, I, I'm, I'm hoping from this conversation you can understand that we think like that, um, but we're just not pretending. Like, we have the mindset, we think like that, but when we communicate, it's very just like, yo, we're human beings. Like, we're going to say it how we say it, and it is what it is. Like, you either trust we have the expertise or not, but it is what it is. Um, and it's just that level of transparency. So power back to the people, transparency. Um, that's what, personally, we're going for. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping is the North Star for, for gaming. Uh, the whole meta, meta, uh, Ready Player One, like, interoperable metaverse, that will happen, but I think that's ages away. I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, I'd much rather, I've said it multiple times, I'd much rather see interoperable IP, interoperability within an IP, sorry. Um, and that goes back into the power to the player point. But that, that's kind of my North Star. That's what I would say.
I love it. Well, you're the absolute man. I think people are going to look back in not that many years starting then and, 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 uh, are continuing until then. And then many, many years ahead and be like, wow, we really got an inside look into, into how TSG thinks and, and all these (laughs) things. And so I appreciate you going there and, and taking it to that level with me. And, uh, yeah, you're the man. I appreciate you. Do you have a call to action for the people knowing, knowing that, uh, what somebody's watching in 50 years from is, you know, all the cool things that you've done. Yeah. I mean, if it's like a short thing, it'd be like, oh, check out my YouTube. But otherwise, honestly, my call to action is be kind, be hardworking, and don't let the opinions of others, like, sway you. Like, be educated and understand your own beliefs and rationalize it. And again, the way that I've kind of, like, logic things out, like, find these objective truths rationalize your thought process and, and you're gonna be fine man uh but number one be kind don't fucking take shit from people like give um and just work hard shit will work out trust <laughs> awesome you're the absolute man and i want to give a shout out to the audience members who have been absolute legends sticking with us we have oscar crystal and we have i think there was a couple other uh, I don't want to sit here and scroll through the whole thing, but I just want to thank you guys. Um, everybody else watching and listening. Um, thank you. And I will see you all on the next episode until then take care.